There was a great blog post from Matthew Green of John Hopkins University, and the title just jumped out at me as something I'd been thinking about for a while called The Network is Hostile. He's talking about in reference to more revelations related to uh, nation-state surveillance of typical citizens and users, but I think the larger thought of the network is hostile is important, no matter who your adversary or intermediary that you're facing is. So a lot of what we're doing on Developer Square is trying to teach developers to think about the, the network, the communication layer in new ways, in new directions, in new configurations. And just by default thinking about the network being hostile, whether it's the Wi-Fi hotspot at the cafe, your university network, your work, your home, uh, the airplane, the airport, um, the ISP, there's a lot of hostility out there. There's a lot of grudges. There's a lot of interference. There's a lot of people messing with the packets for advertising, for tracking, for analytics, for harmonization. That's not good, especially when you're building an app and you have your own users who have expectations, who trust you. So having the network layer be hostile to your packets, screw with your packets, mess with your app, take your data, come between you and your users. It's not good. So, you know, we have to do more to counteract this and combat this. So while I have you here, I thought I'd point out some of the more interesting things maybe in the backdrop or that I have here on the table. Over there is some of my vintage toy collection from when I was a kid. Lots of Star Wars there. Empire Strikes Back, Jedi, New Hope, posters, toys. I've always been a bit of a rebel fighting the good fights. So, you know, it goes back to my youth in the Alliance. Otherwise, on a more technical note, I actually have a Commodore 64 computer over here, but more importantly, I still have the manual to my Commodore 64. And what is important to note about the manual to the Commodore 64 is that, you know, when you booted up the C64, you got a prompt. There were no apps, there was nothing built in that it did, otherwise, other than start and say, okay, program me. And in fact, you know, I didn't really have any software that came with it. You open up the manual and it has code, right? It says, build an app, make this do something. And you know, this is how I learned how to program. I said, oh, I have to make it do the things I want it to do, right? And so I made some games and I made some little utilities that asked people their names and question and answer programs. Eventually, you know, you were able to get software from other people and load it, but it was a really amazing time to say that, wow, I want to make something uh, for myself to make this computer operate. And that sort of ethic has grown with me as a developer so that I know that to be self-reliant and, and also to build a community around code and share because I immediately started talking to other friends and my older brother's friends and who had Commodores and went to a summer camp to learn how to build software and write software for the Commodore 64. So yeah, I love keeping this around. Um, there's some great diagrams in here related to hooking it up and yeah. The other thing I have is a Danger Sidekick. This is actually the Sidekick 2 and this was a device pre-iPhone, pre-Android 
that was designed by Andy Rubin, the Andy of Android fame, uh, and a company called Danger. And it's got this great design. I'll show it to you right here. Ready? Oh, I'm holding it backwards. There we go. Look at that. It's a great sound. But it opens up, and then you get this amazing keyboard, QWERTY keyboard and screen. And this was all Java-based. It's actually kind of similar to Android in, in some ways. And it was a great device. It was really popular among certain US-based demographics, uh, teens and hackers and celebrities and people that like texting. I think Paris Hilton had one. She was famous then. Uh, but you know, had an SSH client, so you could SSH into your server and have basically a full terminal. And again, it was Java-based. Really amazing device. Had cloud backup before anyone was thinking of that. Um, which is actually how Paris Hilton got hacked because all of her photos were in the cloud and there was no security. So even though it had cloud backup, it was terribly implemented. So yeah, I love this device uh, and uh, still have one around. So back to this idea that the network is hostile. Increasingly developers are aware of the need to implement basic transport security, you know, HTTPS, TLS, to ensure that the packets that you're sending from your app to your app server or that the browser is sending to your website are kept private between the person using your app or website and you. And obviously this is key for banking or health or email or you know, other truly sensitive and private information. But increasingly it's needed for uh, content as well because what we've seen is that uh, people are intercepting content you know, the, along the way, the gateways, routers, providers along the way are intercepting content and in injecting their own advertisement or tracking or cookies or malware. Uh, in some cases, they're redirecting your users to attack other sites um, and weaponizing your users. These are people that are coming to you to use your service that are coming to you to access your unique content, that are interested in you, and you want to make sure that they're able to have that experience without being sent somewhere else, without being you know, stopped along the way, without being harassed and cajoled and, and sent somewhere else without you knowing. You know, I travel a lot in the world and often you, know, you get into some sort of taxi or tuk-tuk or you know, jitney or something and you say, oh, I want to go here. And then the driver says, oh, no, 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 I have a better place. This place around the corner, my cousin runs it. It's way better. And some people say, oh, this sounds good. But in truth, you don't want to ever do that. You want to go to the place that you're intending to go and say, well, thank you. Next time, please take me to my destination. We've been thinking about a lot of this at the Guardian Project and other places. And we have a, actually a library on GitHub called NetCypher. It's part of our CypherKit uh, platform and libraries. And NetCypher just focuses on providing many different techniques to secure and harden and embolden the network connectivity between your app and whatever you're trying to connect to. So some of this is just ensuring that the uh, TLS transport layer security you're using is configured appropriately for this day and age. Some of it is um, providing means to proxy through a trusted secure proxy system that might provide some benefits to get around certain filters or that might um, 
obfuscate, as they say, you know, sort of shape your traffic in a way so that it doesn't get filtered or blocked based on the protocol. So in some places they say, well, you can use HTTP, that's fine, but you can't use XMPP, or you can only go to port 80 and not port 85, um, and arbitrarily limiting traffic to certain types of transports or ports uh, doesn't make any sense. And sometimes also, you know, you want to send it through a proxy because they say, oh, you know, we don't, we don't know this site or, or we know this site, we don't like it. We want you to go to a different site. So we're going to slow down traffic to this site because we don't like it. And this happened with Netflix famously in the US where certain ISPs were slowing down Netflix, Netflix packets. If you ran through a VPN, Netflix was much faster, the quality was better, but if you went directly over the ISP's network, then it was slower. That is really what NetCypher is about, and um, a, a new component to NetCypher is something called Pluto. I know Pluto's been in the news recently, the actual Pluto, the planet, or the non-planet, I guess it's a planet, and uh, our Pluto was named sort of in honor of that, though we thought about it a year or two ago. And it stands for Pluggable Library for Unified Transport Obfuscation. And the idea of Pluto is really a way to um, connect with lots of different types of transport options, be it a direct connection or a proxy um, or different kinds of proxies or um, transport obfuscation mechanisms and make that super easy for your app to support and make it super easy for your users to understand their options. And that's what we've been working on. So NetCypher is going to support this Pluto behavior uh, in the next edition. And currently NetCypher supports Orbot, which is Tor. We also support Siphon and soon we'll support I2P. And then from there with Pluto, we'll be supporting things like Meek, um, OBS, Proxy and Lantern. So through one interface, your app will be able to kind of understand what's available, choose which ones it wants to support, you know, compile it into your app, or use it as kind of a, a secondary daemon, another service if the user already has it installed, and figure this all out in a very usable, straightforward way so that the user can just have a great experience and they can have a fast experience and they can not worry about connections and what's going on. And you can know, most importantly, that the packets you're trying to get from your server to your user or to any server from your user are not being messed with, are not being changed, modified, intercepted, tracked, shaped, uh, and, and that the user experience you want is, is achieved. That's all, what, this is what, what it's about, right? Making our users happy, getting them their content, keeping their lives and their information safe. And, you know, it's pretty universal. I think everyone wants this. The network is hostile at all levels from lots of different people. And, you know, we think NetCypher with the Pluto capability will, will go a long way to, to help that out. So we'll be talking about it more in the coming months. You can already go on to GitHub and find NetCypher and find Pluto to get started. You can implement NetCypher today. Apps like DuckDuckGo have already done it. Um, and you can see in Pluto how to build some of these different new transports for Android and now for iOS uh, with the Golang support for that. So we're really excited. There's a lot of technical things to dive into. We're going to talk about it on developersquare.net. We're going to talk about it more on this podcast. You can reach me at DevSquareNet on Twitter at Nate, N-A-F-R-8. 
and let's talk more. See you at the square.